Father, we thank you for this time to gather around your word. Thank you for Apostle and uh, this opportunity to minister on tonight. <clears throat> we speak your blessings upon the people, upon every hearer today. Uh, we thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus over the technology and over the word that we will be able to hear from you, that you'll speak to our hearts and give us what we need and, and empower us. We thank you in advance what you want to reveal to us today as we spend time in your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the great teacher in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. Again, I'm going to ask you to uh, open up to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. <clears throat> I just felt uh, a piece to kind of go back uh, uh, over a uh, lesson we talked before and uh, go further. And it's called uh, Faith in the Midst of a Storm. And we could say part two. Faith in the Midst of a Storm. And we'll say part two. Faith in the Midst of a Storm, part two. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to look at this in the Amplified Bible. And uh, this verse one gives a definition of faith. And the point I want to review here is that uh, we must have a, a, a supernatural revelation of what Bible faith really is. We must have a supernatural revelation of what Bible faith really is. Hallelujah. And then here in Hebrews 11 and verse 1, it says, now faith is the assurance. And then here in Amplified, it says the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of the reality. Faith perceiving, notice this in Amplified, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So faith revealing as real fact what we don't see. And so this faith, one of the words that we see is confirmation. And so uh, we think of confirmation, we think of endorsement and validation. Uh, we think of evidence, proof. And then the other word we see in Amplified is title deed. And title deed is, is a legal document showing evidence of a right, especially to ownership of a property. And so we have spiritual ownership to salvation, spiritual ownership to protection, victory, healing and success. We have we have ownership of those things because of the blood of Jesus and by our connection, by our faith. Our faith is our is our title deed and our faith is our confirmation. Hallelujah. So first we've got to have a supernatural revelation about what Bible faith really is in order for us to tap into it. We can have something available to us, but if we're not aware of it and how to operate in it, we don't get the benefit of it. And so we must have a supernatural revelation. So we've got to, God, God, Father God, give me a revelation of what Bible faith really is. And you can met, read it, uh, the word, meditate on the word and build a revelation of what faith is. And then it, it can become like a tool in our hand to accomplish great things for God. Hallelujah. Now go with me to Genesis chapter one. Just some review things, some review points that I want to go further. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 in the uh, Amplified again. Genesis 1 and verse 2 in the Amplified. Uh, the point I want to bring out here is that uh, by faith, we must choose to focus on what Almighty God is doing in spite of strong evidence of darkness. And we talked about storms uh, uh, before and, uh, you know, a few weeks ago we had a natural storm, but there are other kinds of storms. There are financial storms and health storms, uh, family storms, all kinds of storms. And so these same principles of faith will apply to any type of storm that we're dealing with. 
And so the point I'm bringing out here as we look at Genesis 1 and verse 2 is that by faith we must choose to focus on what Almighty God is doing in spite of the strong evidence of darkness. So notice here in Genesis 1 and verse 2, it says the earth was without form and an empty waste and darkness was upon the face of the very deep. So notice that and darkness was upon the face of the very deep. And then it says, uh, uh, the, the latter part, the spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. So yes, there was darkness going on. There was, there was a gross darkness. There was, there was an empty waste, it says. But it also says that the spirit of God was moving and hovering. And so we have two choices. And by faith, we want to choose a partner on what God is doing, what almighty God is doing in the midst of the darkness. Yes, darkness is there. But God is at work as well. And so we want to focus on him and what he's doing, give him the attention, connect our faith with what he's doing, because he's at work. And that darkness can be turned around in an instant because of the spirit of God that's moving. So by faith, we want to choose a partner with what God is doing and see the breakthroughs in different situations and different storms that's coming because God is at work. There is no darkness that can outpower the light of God. There is no uh, darkness. There is no emptiness that can outdo the fullness of God. So we're going to, by faith, choose the focus of what God is doing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now go with me to Romans chapter 12, uh, and we're going to look at verse 3. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. And the point I want to bring out here is you go to Romans 12. I'm going to be in the King James Version. Uh, the point I want to bring out here is that God has given each person uh, the measure or degree of faith. So we, we talk about that we have to have a revelation of faith, but then we have to uh, realize that, yes, God has put faith in our spirit. God has put faith in our hands, as it were. And so here in Romans 12 and verse 3, in the King James, it says, For I say through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And so we can say then we possess faith. You can say, I have faith. So let's declare that I have faith. I have faith right now. You can declare that I have faith right now. And so we've got to choose to exercise that faith so that we can convert that faith or transfer that faith into what I call faith experiences. So we want to have faith experiences, or you can say faith encounters. So we want to exercise our faith muscles so that we can see a faith experience that God has given us. Hallelujah. Thank God for faith. Somebody say thank God. And we're going to look at verse 38 in the Amplified Bible. Hebrews uh, chapter 10 and verse 38 in the Amplified Bible. Uh, the point I want to bring out here is we've been given faith. But the point I want to bring out here is that we are called to live by faith. We are called to live by faith. You could say faith must become our lifestyle. So here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38, we'll start at verse 38. It says, my righteous servant is to live by his conviction, respecting man's uh, relationship to God and divine things, and the holy fervor born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and 
strength and fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. Notice verse 39, but our way is not that of those who draw back into eternal misery or perdition and are utterly destroyed. But we are of those who believe. So we are believers. Everybody say, I'm a believer. We are faith people. We are the faith of God people. This faith is, is a faith that we channel or we release toward God. We, we, we uh, connect with God with our faith. So we're faith people. We're not of those uh, who draw back, but we're of those who believe, who cleave to and trust in and rely on God through Jesus Christ. So that's what this faith does. We rely on God through Jesus Christ. And by faith, it says, we preserve the soul. Hallelujah. We preserve the soul. The, the soul. Now, go with me to Mark chapter 4. Uh, in Mark chapter 4, uh, we're going to look at verse 35 in the Amplified Bible. We'll do some reading here. Uh, we were talking about faith in the, in the midst of a storm. Uh, the point I want to bring out here is that the Lord can use adverse storms to, to teach us uh, as his followers in what I'm calling persevering faith. The Lord can use adverse storms to, to, to train us, or you can say to coach us, as his followers in persevering faith. So notice here in Mark 4, verse 35 in the Amplified Bible, it says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Jesus said to them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Verse 36, and leaving the throng, they took him, Jesus, with them, just as he was in the boat in which he was sitting, and other boats were with him. Verse uh, 37, and a furious storm of wind, and Amplify says, of hurricane proportions arose, and waves kept beating into the boat so that it was already becoming filled. So here's a natural storm, but you can have financial storms, as I said, health storms, different challenges. Notice here in verse 38, but he himself was in the stern of the boat, asleep on the leather cushion. So notice uh, Jesus' faith position. He was asleep in the midst of the storm. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? And verse 39, here, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush now, be still, be muzzled. And the wind ceased, sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating. And there was immediately a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. And then notice in verse 40, and he said to them, why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith, no firm relying trust? And verse 41, and they were filled with great awe and fear and exceedingly said to one another, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Hallelujah. And so uh, Jesus, uh, he spoke, he rebuked the wind, he spoke to things. So here's what the faith of God gives us. It gives us the ability to speak to things. He spoke to the wind. He spoke to the rain. And he said, and the King James says, peace be still. So we can speak to things. <clears throat> and so uh, Jesus had to be in God's will, we said, because uh, otherwise he would be fighting against God if he was rebuking the wind and the waves. So he had to be in, in God's will. And so he's bringing heaven's headquarters into that atmosphere. He's speaking in. He's saying, peace be still. He's speaking peace over the storm that's coming against him. 
And so that's what we have to do. We have to persevere in faith. We've got to push back in faith when adverse storms are coming against us. We've got to push back in faith, speak the word of God, speak the will of God, speak the promises of God, speak the covenant of God, declare over the situation what God's will is and partner with heaven. Like we said, yes, darkness is at work, but the spirit of God is moving. So we choose to focus and partner in on what he's doing. And then notice here in verse 40, Jesus said to them, why are you so fearful and timid? How is it that you have no faith, no firmly relying trust? And so uh, uh, Jesus, the master, has what, I, what I'm calling a master class. That's a new term now, a master class where he addresses their thinking and their, uh, their misaligned position in faith. He does not want us to be intimidated by strong adversity. He says, why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He doesn't want us to be intimidated by strong adversity, but he wants us to be strong in faith. And so his followers are in the school of faith. And so we, as today's followers, we want to stay in the school of faith, stay in the class of faith. Don't drop out of the class of faith. Stay engaged in the school of faith. Keep learning the principles of faith and releasing our faith and growing our faith muscles and going from one degree of faith to another degree of faith as we are operating in the school of faith. You can say we can go from one grade. I work with second grade, third grade. You can go forward, fourth grade, high school. Continue to grow in our faith. We go to different levels. Hallelujah. Now go with me to Romans chapter four. Abraham was a, uh, a point on the bank out here is that Abraham was a natural example of persevering faith. Abraham was a natural example of persevering faith. So uh, in Romans chapter four, in the Amplified, and we'll start with verse one again, and then we'll skip down to some verses here. But the point I want to bring out here is that Abraham is an example of, uh, of persevering faith. He's a natural example of persevering faith. Here in Romans four and uh, verse one in Amplified, it says, but if so, what shall we say about Abraham, our forefather, humanly speaking? So that's why I say he's a natural example. He's our forefather, humanly speaking. What did he find out? How did this affect his position? And what was gained by him? Uh, and so here in, in, verse, uh, in verse one, we can see that Abraham got into a faith position. Abraham got himself into a faith position. He got himself into a faith posture. He got himself into a faith attitude, a faith point of view. Again, part of what God is doing, not with the natural circumstances. So here in verse three, it says, but what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in and trusted in God, and it was credited to his account as righteousness, right living and right standing with God. Get down to verse 16. Therefore, inheriting the promise uh, is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor, to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the devotees and adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. So we share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of us all. So like I said, he's a natural example of faith. And so we receive the promises by faith. And then notice here in verse 17, as it is written, I have made you, God says to him, 
I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and who speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So that's how faith operates. It, uh, the King James says it calls those things that be not as though they were. And so we, when we operate in a God kind of faith, we're calling in those things that don't exist into existence. And here it amplifies, it says, as if they already existed. And then here in verse 18, it goes further to explain. It says, for Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. So numberless shall your descendants be. Verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body. So he wasn't looking at his, at his natural situation. And it says, it goes on to say, which was as good as dead because he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead womb. All this time, dead womb, she had had a child. Verse 20, no unbelief or distrust made him uh, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. So there's another key to faith is as we give praise and glory to God, that can help to strengthen our faith. So if our faith gets a little weak, if we'll give praise and glory to God, that can help strengthen our faith. Now, the, the God kind of faith speaks of non-existent things as though they already existed, like we said. So we can say that we're already healed. We're already delivered. We're already favored. We're already victorious. We're already protected. We're already provided for. So we receive these promises by faith. Now, it's not that we do things reckless, uh, like we're looking at uh, earlier. We don't do things reckless and, uh, and things that's, that's not in faith uh, and things that's in presumption. We do things in faith, connecting with the will and the, and the promises of God. And so Abraham did not ignore his, his natural biological circumstances, uh, but he believed in what was promised. He believed in, uh, in the God who could do impossible things. He believed in God uh, in impossible conditions. You know, some people, we said before, some people overpromise but underdeliver. But God doesn't overpromise and, uh, and doesn't underdeliver. What he says, he will do. Glory to God. And so we know uh, that Abraham uh, received. In verse 21, it says, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. So it wasn't that God was overpromised. He believed God was competent enough to do what he said. He believed he was able enough to do what he promised. So that's how we're to operate in faith. In the matter what, no matter what storm we're dealing with, we can but be fully assured that God will keep his word and he'll do what he's promised. And he's competent. He's able to keep his word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now go with me to uh, Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. And we're going to look at this in the New Living Translation. Uh, and and uh, we'll start at verse 7. Acts 27. And then we'll look at verse 7. The point I want to bring out here is that stepping in faith is walking with Father God and is trusting his goodness no matter what. 
Stepping in faith is stepping with Father God and is trusting in his goodness no matter what. Like I said before, it's like holding the Father's hand in faith uh, in our journey. And so here we're going to see that uh, Paul was on this mission for God. And so in verse 7, a, a lot of reading here in the New Living, it says, uh, we had several days of slow sailing, and after great difficulty, we finally neared Snyder's. Uh, but the wind was against us, and so we sailed across the creek and along the sheltered coast of the island, past the Cape of Salmone. We struggled against the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Haven, Havens uh, near the town of Lycia. Verse 9, we had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel uh, because it was so late in the fall. And Paul spoke to the ship's officer about it. In verse 10, Paul says, Men, he said, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. Verse 11, but the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. Verse 12, and since Fur Havens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, further up the coast of Creek, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. In verse 13, and when, light, when a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up the anchor and sailed close to the shore of Creek. Verse 14, but the weather changed abruptly and the wind of typhoon strength called the Northeaster, burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't, verse 15, the sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. Verse uh, uh, 16, we sailed along the shelter side of a small island uh, named Carla, where, uh, where with great difficulty, we hoisted ab aboard the lifeboat uh, towed behind us. Then the sailors bound uh, ropes with the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of Sardis off the African coast. So they lowered the, the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven uh, before the wind. Verse 18, the next day as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing cargo overboard so they could remain afloat. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. Verse 20, the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Verse 21, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. So, even though Paul was not an expert in that field, uh, God was giving him revelation and giving him insight, but they listened to uh, the expert. And then uh, uh, he said, you should have listened to me. And then he goes on to say in verse 23, for at last, uh, for last night, an angel of God, whom I belong to and whom I serve, stood beside me, verse 21. He said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness, and that's why I talk about the goodness of God, has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So at some point, is that we're, as we're on a mission with God, as Paul was, 
God can even protect the lives of those who are connected with us, those who are associated with us, those who are, are around us, because we have an, an assignment, we have a mission to carry out. And because of our mission, those who are with us will also be connected because the angels of God, the ministering spirits are working to, to help us to carry out our assignment. Glory to God. And so they were all protected. And so he says, God in his goodness uh, granted Satan to everyone sailing with him. And then verse 25, he says, so take courage for I believe God, just as he said. So, so Paul exercised faith as well, that it would be just as God has said. And so uh, we can receive a word of confirmation like Paul did, and we can stand firm with a deep conviction that what God has promised, he will accomplish, he will perform it. And so Paul said, yeah, there's this strong storm that's coming, and this strong storm that we're experiencing right now, but I, got, I have a promise from God that I will make it to where I'm supposed to be, and it's going to spare the lives of all of us. And I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. He put his anchor on the faith of God. He put his anchor on the promise of God that it would be just as it was told him. And so that's what we have to do in the midst of storms. We've got to get that promise from God and apply it to our lives and say, I'm standing on the word of God. I'm standing steadfast on the promise of God. No matter how strong the circumstances are against me, I believe God. That's what he said. I believe God. I remember what Brother Hagin would say, sometimes you just have to say, I believe God over and over. I believe God. When you're dealing with strong circumstances, we've got to say, I believe God. Yeah, there are financial storms. I believe God. Yes, there are health storms, but I believe God. Yes, there are family situations, but I believe God. We've got to stand in faith and believe God no matter what. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's working on our behalf. Now, go with me to Exodus chapter 14. I'm going to add a little bit more here. Exodus chapter 14. And we're going to look at verse 10 in the uh, New Living Translation. The point we're going to bring out here is that sometimes we have to fight uh, our thoughts. We have to fight strong negative thoughts. So I've been talking about storms, really outward storms, but sometimes there could be inward storms, storms on the inside of us. Negative, strong, we can say strong uh, we could say hurricane force, negative thoughts. You could say uh, negative typhoon force, thoughts that's bombarding us, negative thoughts. And so we've got to stay by faith. In, in, you, we have to stay in what I'm calling a faith connection. We've got to stay in relationship with God. And so we've got to beware of those inner thoughts. So notice here in, in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 10 in the New Living Translation, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord in verse 11, and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why have you made us leave Egypt? Notice their thinking. And in verse 12, didn't, didn't we tell you this would happen? While we were still in Egypt, we said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a, than a corpse in the wilderness. The New Living Translation says, it's better to be a slave in Egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness. Uh, uh, notice verse 13. But Moses told the people, 
Don't be afraid. So here's fear and faith working against each other. He says, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. He's speaking the word of God. So Moses is walking hand in hand in faith. He has a faith connection with the word of God, with, with God. And he says, the Egyptians you see today, you will never, uh, will never be seen again. And he goes on to say in verse 14, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And then uh, verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. In other words, I like this, maybe uh, get moving in faith, to stay in faith. Verse 16, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. In verse 17, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. And notice this, and my great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots, and his charioteers. And then verse 18, and when my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am God. So as we stay in faith and we achieve uh, faith victories, and I said faith encounters, we have to bring glory to God. We have to bring praise to God. Abraham brought praise to God. He stayed in faith those about 25 years. And finally, uh, the child came. He brought glory to God. And so we've got to fight those negative thoughts that bombard us. And we've got to choose to stay in faith. And as we do that, we can see God's glory being manifested. We can bring in God's glory. And we can see his glory being revealed and being manifested because we chose to stay in faith and not give up. Yes, there will be uh, thoughts that are bombarded that say, give up. There will be thoughts that are say, quit, turn in the tile. But we've got to stand strong in faith. And that's why we got to keep, keep building our faith muscle day by day so that we can fight back against those things that come against us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we've got to stay in faith. And so the sub point here is that we, we, as we stay in faith, we have to bring glory to God. Hallelujah. We have to bring glory to God. And, and notice here, it says, my glory will be displayed through them in all Egypt. So the glory is for the world to see. So if we stand firm in faith, God's glory will be revealed to the world and will give them an opportunity to see this, this good God that we serve. Hallelujah. So the glory is to, is to bring uh, men to the salvation or the recognition that God is the true and living God and give people an opportunity to come in to serve the God that we've given our lives to. Glory to God. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 7. Again, uh, wind up here. Matthew chapter 7. The point I want to bring out here, uh, we're gonna, uh, I'm going to actually look at this in verse 24, and I'm going to look at this in the uh, Passion Translation. Uh, so the TPT, Matthew 7, and uh, TPT, uh, verse 24, 25, and 26. Uh, the point I want to bring out here is that as we continue to hear and apply God's word to our lives, we build a strong faith foundation, hallelujah, as we continue to hear, not just hear and apply, and we're going to see that here, God's word to our lives, we build a strong faith foundation. So look with me in Matthew 7 and the Passion Translation in verse 
24, starting with verse 24. It says, everyone, this is Jesus talking, everyone who hears my teaching. So notice that, hears my teaching. It goes on to say, and applies it, applies what the teaching or the word, applies it to his life, can be compared to a wise man who built his house, notice this, on an unshakable foundation. So our faith in God is an unshakable foundation. And then notice verse 25, when the rains fell and the flood came, we talk about the rains, the storms, the rains and the flood came. It says with fierce winds, so there's the wind, with fierce winds beating upon his house, notice this, it stood firm because of its strong foundation, its strong foundation. All right, so again, as we continue to hear and apply God's word to our lives, we build a strong foundation. And then notice here in verse 26, but everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man. So he's talking about two people, a wise person and a foolish person. Now notice both hear, but the difference is in hearing and applying the word. And that's why I began with uh, Hebrews 11. We've got to have a, a revelation of what faith, Bible faith really is. We've got to understand what faith really is, and then we've got to apply it. So not just hear, but we've got to apply it. And so here again in verse 26, for everyone who hears the teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. And then verse 27, when, and you see the word when again, 27 says when and 25 says when. We'll talk about that in just a moment. When it rained, it rained. I mean, when it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. The difference was the foundations. One foundation was built on sand. One foundation was built on rock. But the winds and storms came to both homes, the wise and the foolish, the winds and the storms came. So uh, notice here it says when the storms come, not if the storms come. So storms will come. So uh, we're not really, you can't say that we're exempt from storms. Storms will come because of the fallen world that we live in. So storms will come. The key foundation is our faith and apply the word of God. So do we have faith? So both were builders, but they use different foundations. And uh, the, the strong foundation is not just hearing, but applying the word of God. Oh God, if we can get a hold of that, so not just being a hearer of the word, but God, help me to be an applier of your word. Help me to apply your word day by day. Apply your love. Apply your righteousness. Apply your principles. Help me to not just be a hearer, but to apply your word in every area of my life. And as we do that, we will be the wise builder. And when the storms come, we won't crumble. We won't crash. We'll, we'll be able to stand because we've heard and we've applied the word and we're standing strong in faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, one more. Uh, we must stand strong in faith, no matter uh, the opposition that comes. Go with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And we're going to look at verse 1, the New Living Translation. And the point I'm going to bring out here is that we must never give up on our God-given faith despite adverse conditions. So we've been talking about that. So again, we must never give up on our God-given faith. Notice who said this is faith from God. We must never give up on our God-given faith despite uh, adverse conditions. So here in uh, Luke chapter 1, the New Living Translation in verse 1, Luke chapter 1 and the New Living Translation, it says, one day Jesus told his uh, disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. So again, when we're talking about prayer, we're talking about staying in faith. Here in verse 2, it says, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, uh, who never feared God, who neither feared God, nor cared about people. So this was a, a, a corrupt judge. He didn't have any respect for God. He didn't have any respect for people. Didn't matter who you were, he just cut you down. He didn't care about anybody. So he's at the lowest point, but yet he's a judge. He's in a place of authority. And notice here in verse three, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. So she came to him repeatedly. So that's one of the things about faith. Uh, as, the, as the enemy comes against us, we've got to repeatedly push back. We've got to continue to say, for example, for healing, by his stripes, I'm healed. As, as uh, sickness tries to come against us, we've got to continue to declare, by his stripes, I'm healed. We've got to continue to declare that I am provided for, that God pro uh, provides for all of my needs, that God is my protector. So he says uh, here in verse 3, a widow of that city came here repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And then notice the judge's response in verse 4. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God and I don't care about people. Verse 5, but this woman in the new living, this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. <laughs> She's wearing me out with her constant request. And then in verse six, and the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. He even rendered a just decision in the end, it says in verse seven. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Verse eight, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So again, we're talking about faith in the midst of a storm. So she had this, this legal storm, if you will. Uh, this uh, She had this dispute. And this unjust judge, she went to this judge, and he wasn't giving her justice. So you may have a legal storm that you're dealing with, or whatever kind of storm and he didn't care about God or people, but because of her persistent, persevering faith in the midst of adverse conditions, she didn't give up on God's faith, on her God-given faith, and it brought victory. It, it turned the situation around from a negative to uh, a positive, from defeat 
to victory. So as we stay in faith, you, it, may, it may be the enemy, I can't say this, the enemy may have a, a strong uh, negative grip, but as we stay in faith, as we keep applying the word of faith, we keep applying the word of faith. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we work on cars and different things and have the, uh, 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 the nut, you know, you're trying, to, you're trying to loosen it. And sometimes you just keep beating on it and finally it loosens up and you can turn it loose. So as we keep applying faith pressure onto those strong adverse circumstances, we'll see the thing begin to loose up, glory to God. It'll begin to loose up and it'll loose its grip. And we'll be able to turn that situation around because of our faith. And we'll see breakthrough and victory because we held on in faith. We didn't give up like this woman did. Somehow she knew that she had a right to justice and she held on even in the, in the midst of a crooked judge in the city where she lived. And because of her persistence and her faith, she was able to turn that situation around and turn that legal judgment into her favor. And so God can use uh, our faith to turn situations around. And he says, uh, as we're pursuing God, we know that God is not anywhere. He's totally opposite of the unjust judge. He's a just judge, and he's ready to do the things that we need as we appeal to him. But we know on the earth there are people who uh, the enemy is working through. And so uh, God still can overpower them as we stay connected in faith and we'll bring that victory. Even with a doctor's report, we stay in faith. And God can turn that situation around. No matter what the storm is, natural, physical, financial, family, work, whatever it is, God can turn that around as we stay in faith and trust in him. Glory to God. I'm going to go ahead and begin to wrap up here. We've spent uh, some good time together. So let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for what you've helped us today with, with faith and the principles of faith. Uh, we're in a school of faith, and there's so much more that we continue uh, to learn about faith and how to activate our faith uh, in this world and, and against uh, negative and adverse circumstances. You put faith like a tool in our hands and we can use it to open up the tightest situations We can break it loose and open up for us the blessings of God like we saw uh, this woman do. So continue to help us to not just be a hearer of faith, but to apply faith and to have faith experiences that we can give faith testimonies this is what God is doing in this situation. This is what God is doing in my life because we release our faith. So we thank you, Father, for the God kind of faith. We speak health and healing over every human, uh, everyone here today. We call healing, we call health into our bodies. We call restoration in the name of Jesus. We call financial blessings in the name of Jesus. We call uh, legal victories uh, against unjust situations in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is, Father, continue to help us to use our faith and come into agreement with you and with your plan and to have faith testimonies of what you're doing in Jesus' name.